don't fear I, I would say to your audience please don't fear what is unfolding even though it's tough and we're in this battle to, for the the light to arise um the ultimate end of this is going to be so much better for our world for humanity for our future incarnations we're on the up so to speak we're on the up you got to accentuate the positive wow, i feel good you're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Always a blessing to be with you all. Well, we're going to fly around the cosmos today with astrological signs and planets and really go out there with the gorgeous and delicious Ksenia Moore. Welcome to the show, Ksenia. Thank you, Karen. It's so lovely to be here. I like being described as delicious. <laughs> oh, darling one, you are delicious. <laughs> So another delicious human being, Brandon Thomas, introduced us on his show. He um, was singing your praises and he said, I've got to get you gals from down under on the same. So we had a chat for his, what does he call it? Insiders, like his his paid subscription program. What does he call yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Something insider. Expansive insider. Expansive, expansive insider. He's good with the words, Brandon. He's very clever. Good. So I'm going to spruik his show, his podcast show uh, also brilliant. on yeah. YouTube is called Expanding Reality. And both Ksenia and I have been on his podcast show, yakking, talking about all sorts of things, <laughs> haven't we? <laughs> it was wonderful. It was one of his fabulous hosts and it was such a great episode that we we shared together. We talked about all sorts of crazy things, but yeah, he's he's a wonderful host and it was great to meet you there, Karen. I know. He's got such a curious mind. I love that about him. He's so curious about all these things. And when I first met him, I don't know how I found him. He was, he just started. He hadn't been going maybe about six months with the podcasting thing, still had the day job. And then a couple of years into it, you know, he's sort of given up the day job and he's doing the podcasting full time and he's coming up with all sorts of ways to like make that happen. And yeah, so go out and there and support him. some amazing, amazing people, people too, really mm -hmm. amazing people with fascinating stories. And I just love how his podcast is so full of spirituality um, kind of topics, but at the same time, he will also explore other alternative ideas as well that are perhaps not so spiritual, but like aliens and things like that, um, if you want to call them not spiritual <laughs> but um but I'd yeah it's so diverse different. it's so diverse and I love that about his podcast yeah yeah he really goes down the rabbit hole I love mm -hmm. that about it too and please remember if you're liking these shows Ksenia and I were just talking about a certain platform not sharing the shows <laughs> yes. and so how I've been you know delving into other platforms trying to build an audience on other platforms so please if you're liking the show share the shows Share it on your social media posts and you know, give us a like and a thumbs up and all that good stuff and leave a comment. I always love to hear from you. So let me tell you a little bit about Ksenia. Ksenia Ksenia, who's another Aussie down there in Victoria. Are you in Melbourne or are you out of Melbourne? No, no, I'm in central Victoria. Originally I'm from up where it's flooding at the moment for our Australian listeners who um, are familiar with the floods that are occurring along the Murray at the moment. Yeah. So um, yeah, so rural Victoria, yeah. Oh, beautiful, which is the southern state of Australia. So I love this bio, I love this bio. Yes, <laughs> anymore. Star lover, 
baker of chocolate desserts, devotee <laughs> of L.M. Montgomery novels, <laughs> loving single mother of three, you can usually find Ksenia sipping tea and reading in her favourite cafe. She loves singing classic R&B, sewing clothes for vintage from vintage patterns, <laughs> tranquil gardens, riding her bike down country lanes, talking philosophy and spiritualism and collecting pop culture dolls and shag art. I don't know what shag art, but it is. Well, okay, that's a good question. If you if you've you got the video of this particular conversation, you'll see in the background there's a an orange painting. That's that's a piece of shag art. It's very oh. cartoony. Um, he's from Palm Springs in uh, in America, and he does a lot of mid century looking Hanna Barbera, I, I guess, kind of style cartoon art. So I'm very much a child at heart <laughs> with my pop culture Barbie dolls and my shag art on the walls. Well, don't want um, I have to introduce you to a friend called Brad Mossman. He is uh, American living in Denmark. He's an artist. You should check out his. Um... I will. I'll write that down. Brad Mossman. Uh, yes, I'll, I'll send you his Instagram. Uh, he does the most incredible, I guess you call it cartoon art. It's kind of, I don't know if it's called shag art, but it's. No, shag's the name of the artist. Oh, shag's the name yeah. of the artist. Okay, okay. <laughs> so it wouldn't be shag. <laughs> oh, okay. It's, it's actually it's a compilation. Up. Shag is a compilation of his first name and his last name. Oh, so gotcha. um, Josh Agle is his his real name. And so the, the SH at the end of Josh and the AG at the start of Agle have put put together to make shag. And, of course, it's a talking point, isn't oh, it, to be wow. called shag? <laughs> yes, it's a talking point. Let me finish this bio. With a Master's yes. of Arts, Master's of Arts, a certificate of discipleship. I don't know what that, that's amazing. That's an interesting one. And yes. Certificate of Astrological Practice. Ksenia is a wellness practitioner, shaman and Vedic astrologer with a YouTube channel looking at the upcoming week ahead for each astrological sign. And you call your astrological service Guiding Star. And so the website Can I is- just interrupt for a second yeah. there? I'm, I, I have practitioners working with me at Guiding Star. I'm the astrologer and I have tarot card readers and other oh. wellness practitioners who collaborate with me at my site. It's like a hub um, that I've created for a lot of wellness practitioners. But I'm oh, the there. Yeah. Fabulous. So this is at this is at Guiding Star. This is on the YouTube channel or at guidingstarastrology.com. They do sometimes talk with me on my YouTube channel, which um, is under my name, Ksenia Moore, but guidingstarastrology.com is the website that hosts all these uh, practitioners and they're practitioners I've used myself so I can verify that they're they're actually the real deal. They're really good. Oh, how beautiful. I'll have to check that out. I haven't checked that out. Oh, did doing the research. Okay. <laughs> we had a fabulous talk when we were talking on Brandon's show and um, you were t- telling me about your upbringing. Do you want to, yeah. do you want to, like I asked you, why did you get into, well, I'll ask you that again. Why did you get into astrology? And you said That's something great. wonderful. Well, it's a great question. And the fact that you mentioned I have a certificate, a certificate in discipleship kind of ties into that. I was raised, as I've said, along the Murray River in a very small community. About The town was about 4,000 people. It serviced a regional population of 18,000, but it had a very strong religious culture in that uh, in that community it was baptist and um so i grew up in this very sort of insular environment it was a lovely upbringing actually but as i look back now i think there was a lot of cult like qualities about it you know we only 
we only socialized with people who went to church and who thought the same as we did, who adhered to the same doctrine as we did. I went to a Christian school that was associated with the church. So it was really, really insular and small and isolated. And so I was raised in a very Christian family and a Christian community, um, which was in many senses, very peaceful and, and nice. But, um, and then I went to Bible college as soon as I finished high school. And that's where I got the certificate of discipleship. That was up near Sydney and Bowral, actually, which is a lovely place to go to Bible college. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that was my journey. I was very Christian. I was the good girl, you know, who didn't drink, didn't smoke, didn't have sex before marriage, all these things that are meant to be what you don't do. <laughs> I've since learned otherwise. But, um, but that was my upbringing. And in that upbringing, obviously, things like tarot, astrology, any form of divination, basically, were of the devil and condemned, you know. Uh, in uh, the 1300s, Dante, uh, Dante's Inferno, um, described the lowest levels of hell as being um, put aside for people who practiced astrology. And so, you know, we were in, it was ingrained in us, this is wrong. So I never explored it as a child. But Karen, as a child, I was fascinated by, by astronomy. You know, I, I loved the stars and the planets and I just had this wonderful little sticker book that I must have got from the supermarket or something where I just read it over and over and over all about uh, how amazing the stars and planets were. Anyhow, um, I went through a divorce um, at age 34 and around that time I, I I had been looking for answers. You know, I've done everything right. I, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't have sex before marriage and now everything's falling apart and the white picket fence and the 2.5 kids and it's nothing's working. <laughs> um, and so I thought, you know what, I, I, I'm throwing out everything I've ever learned before and I'm going to explore everything and choose for myself and decide for myself what is truth and what is what is real. And so one of the first places that I looked was astrology, actually. And uh, I, I don't want to sort of talk on for too long here, but one thing that I came across was a documentary on the BBC called Son of God. And in it, it was exploring the life of Jesus. And it was describing the star of Bethlehem. And the star of Bethlehem, as I'd been taught growing up, was this star that bobbed along and these three wise men on camels followed this, this star and ended up in Bethlehem. But this documentary said, well, that's not actually what it was. Wise men in those ancient times that came from the east were coming from Babylon, the seat of astrology, the, you know, that Babylonian area where astrology was birthed essentially. And so if they were wise men and they came from the east, and they would have been astrologers. And so this documentary said, let's look at what the configuration in the sky was astrologically at the time Jesus was purported to have been born. And they described all these, this configuration that was exceptional astrologically that would herald the birth of an avatar. And for me, that was like a penny drop moment. It was like, okay, so what I've been taught is actually kind of a load of BS and this actually makes sense. This is, Of course they would have been astrologers and of course they would have found out that Bethlehem is where you needed to be for this configuration to be at its most powerful and therefore they went there looking for this identity that had this birth chart with all this power in it. So 
when I watched that documentary, it was like, that's it. I'm exploring astrology. This is fascinating to me. And um, I kind of went from there. And in astrology, I found the answers to why my marriage didn't work and why it felt like everything was falling apart um, because I was going through a, a birthing process, I guess, into a new understanding, a new light of knowledge, and uh, I haven't looked back. So, yeah, that's that's how I came to to understand that. And I walked away from walked away from religion actually uh, to my family's great disgust. You know, it hasn't been easy because my family um, there's been years when I haven't spoken to my family because of the their um, abhorrence of what I do for a living. So a lot of rejection that's gone along with this choice in my life. But once you understand the truth, and you would you would identify with this, um, Karen, but once you have discovered the truth, you can't go back to the lies, even to pretend, even to, even to just fit in with society. You just can't because the truth sets you free. So that's um, that's been an interesting journey for sure. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Just fascinating. You know, I hear this story so much from people in the States, but I haven't heard too much of it in Australia. And when you shared a little bit with it with me, um, uh, I just thought, wow, this is fascinating because I, I really didn't know that those communities existed in Australia. I'm a city yeah. girl, so we're a bit more liberal in the city, but I, I just didn't know about these sort of country cloistered yeah. sort of cult-like religious communities. Like you see them on television shows and stuff in, in America, you know, the, but um, I, yeah, I didn't know that that happened here in Australia. So yeah, it was fascinating to me. And I'd like to ask you, are your family still like upset about what you do? Well, so so back in 2019, I had a falling out with um, with my mother mainly. Um, my mother is the religious one in my family. She was the founder of the Christian school that I went to, <laughs> or one of the founders, I should say. Um, but my father, it's very, very interesting. My father was from a very non-religious background and he was very scientific. So I had this really like in a way strange upbringing where I had this super religious mother and this scientific dad who was buying National Geographics and watching document like ancient alien documentaries and things like that. So I take after my father's side of the family more than my mother's. And I know they won't be listening to this podcast, so I can share with you that um, my my mum wears the pants in the family, obviously, and my dad keeps the peace. But he has very different ideas of what is what reality is to my mum. He just doesn't talk about it because it upsets the peace. So in 2019, I, I, I sort of um, I did have this falling out with my parents, but um, in a year ago, actually, it's so, so, so interesting. A year ago, there was an eclipse that occurred on my parental axis, um, which is a, a component of an astrology chart. And this eclipse occurred and my father got very, very sick. He, he um, developed, well, he, he's currently dealing with myeloma, cancer and uh, kidney failure and a brain tumour, all that unfolded um, around December last year. And my parents, who are on a farm, uh, had to leave the farm and come and spend three months in the city where I live because um, I'm in a, a rural city, Bendigo, for, for people who know Victoria. Um, and they had to come, uh, my mum had to come and live with me. So um, it was 
it was really interesting, but it were, you know, that that changed the dynamic. You know, she I, I had to work while she was here because I work from home. So in many ways, um, that crisis event that occurred kind of and the fact that they needed me at that time um, actually restored the bond because, you know, I, I want to get along with my family. I want to be part of family. So important to me. I have three planets in the sign of cancer, which is all about family. Um, so I, I do want that connection with family. So it's all about now, um, you know, uh, not tolerating one another, but recognizing, okay, well, I'm not going to push it on you. And I never have tried to push astrology on to them. Um, and and they are now realizing, okay, well, this is Ksenia and this is her path. And so we just won't talk about the astrology, you know? Okay, it will be a family, but we won't talk <laughs> about the elephant in the room. So we don't we don't talk about it. And that's okay. You know, I, I I've got my family in my life and we have different beliefs. Um, and that's okay, you know, we're we're all allowed to follow the path that we've incarnated to experience. And their their path happens to be this religious one. Uh, my dad's path happens to be this. I'm just going to shut up and keep the peace path. <laughs> and I guess I'm doing similar. You know, I'm just keeping my beliefs to myself when it comes to my family um, to sort of maintain some semblance of relationship. But obviously, it's never going to be as as deep a relationship as it used to be. Um, you can't. You need to. I mean, you would know, Karen. You need to be able to be authentic and real with people to have a quality relationship and so not being able to be that with my family has changed the dynamic but at least we're still in each other's lives yeah that's the journey wow talk about life imitating art art imitating life I was watching a Netflix series with my daughter uh the other night last night yesterday and exactly the same thing was being, the, the whole series was a love affair. It was all about love, but it was all about, you know, acceptance. So a, a black woman, American black woman goes to Italy, she falls in love with an Italian. They have a relationship. He comes from a small Sicilian town uh, and he's been ostracized because he didn't stay on the farm and oh, he wanted wow. to, and he wanted to pursue cooking. So he was a chef. And this is, so my daughter was with an Italian man for years. And he was a chef and she was an artist in this movie. She's an artist and he's a chef. And the guy looks very similar to the, it's like oh. art imitating life. But one of the big issues was the father would not talk to him because he left and didn't stay on the farm and help him with the farm and pursued cooking, which was not in his mind, you know, chefing. And then when he started dating um, an American, what was interesting about the prejudice, it wasn't that she was black that pissed him off. It was that she wasn't Catholic. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that would be right in Italy. <laughs> oh wow! Oh wow! And he would what, not what talk. What's this show? This sounds fascinating. It's I'd called, love to watch yeah, it. Yeah, it's called From Scratch. It's a beautiful show. It's all about love. It's beautiful. I really loved it. Anyway, it's a mini series on. But I you know, know. Um, spoiler alert here. What brings them together is illness. When so, you know, I won't say who got ill, but somebody got ill, and then the the anger had to melt. You know, before you know, brought them together. So, yeah, so it's it's like talk about art imitating life, imitating Isn't that art. fascinating? Is yeah. it like crisis experiences are crisis often the catalyst for transformation? Right. Um, and that's an astrological principle too, you know. Uh, you know, when we go through those dark times, whatever causes them, divorce, 
illness, whatever, that's when we're birthed into a new dynamic and that can be a new relationship with our parents or right. um, a new new vision of how the world works and, and, and how life is. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And a friend of mine died recently. I've talked about him oh, so often so on sorry. the show called uh we talked about this remember because you you you, the two of you went I'm so sorry and then I said really you don't need to be sorry so from his perspective in the afterlife he's been talking to me and teaching me and I've had a closer relationship with him uh more intimate relationship with him after his passing than before but he shared with me how his illness because I wanted to help him heal and he didn't want me anywhere near him and from the afterlife perspective he said I didn't want you coming over and healing me I was using from a soul's perspective this illness to bring people together and I'm like oh of course you were you know, and I couldn't see that from my healer's perspective because I just saw someone suffering. I wanted to live out their suffering. And he was yeah. keeping me at arm's length. Don't come near me. Don't believe in you and your spirit guides. <laughs> and now he's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the irony. <laughs> oh, the irony. But he's so wise. He's so he's so wise. Yeah. And yeah, he said even his funeral was all planned and that it would bring people from all walks of life and all ideologies and and religious backgrounds, it would bring them together in the celebration of his life. And it's because he was Jewish and we had this big Jewish mass, I don't know what you call it, a big, big Jewish church service. And they were like playing kirtan and, you know, Indian music. And there was like Buddhists and Hindus and Christians and agnostics and atheists. And we're all there celebrating this man. You know, here we were all together. It was just beautiful. How wonderful is that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's powerful. And I love that he's speaking with you now and that like the realization about um, his illness and the purpose that it served. I, I mean, that's, that's, something I really want to glean from life is this big picture perspective. Right. Because obviously as an astrological counselor, I get a lot of people coming to me going, why am I going through this difficulty? Mm-hmm. What? And it's only when you step back and see things from the bigger picture perspective mm-hmm. that you realize there's purpose to this, there's meaning in this, everything, everything in life, not, you know, we're, we're always seeking like the happiness, but difficulties are also serve a purpose, you know, and a, oh, yeah, always. Always, mm. all difficulties serve a purpose. Always, yeah. Mm. As I say many times, life is happening for us, not to us. And if we can yeah. only find the gift in, like, well, what am I learning from this? Why is this happening to me? What am What am I gleaning from this? You know, what what it's happening for me? It's happening for me. It's happening for me. So when things go pear shaped, people get sick, divorce. Patria King, do you know who Patria King is? She's a no. healer in Australia. She calls them the four Ds: death, divorce, depression. What's the fourth one? Death, divorce, depression. Disaster. Disaster. <laughs> anyway, so I'm going to ask pose the same question. Or you said something to me that um, your astrology helped you make sense of the world that didn't make sense to you through your kind of Christian or religious upbringing. How did astrology do that for you? Well, that is a really good question. And to answer that, I probably have to explain I don't know um, how your audience might respond to this, but I feel that religion is actually a huge deception, <laughs> to be to be honest with you, because back in and and part of loving astrology is um, having a love for the past and understanding the past, so that we can make sense of the current times and the future, and and uh, back in uh, sort of Gnostic times, um, and when I say Gnostic times, I mean zero. 
uh, AD, um, that was when Gnostic Christianity was, you know, really bubbling along. Jesus was born and, you know, he established sort of this Gnostic teaching, which is very powerful. But then along came the Catholic Church, which did not like this Gnosticism and stamped out. And um, and so we've gone on from there and, you know, church history and, and um religious revolutions and things like that have occurred and now we are where we are today but in in that time sort of uh say 300 um bc we had a lot of the greek philosophers and knowledge keepers i recently dressed as hypatia for uh halloween and hypatia for those who don't know was a uh, an astrologer astronomer philosopher who taught in alexandria um in uh i think it was 300 AD that she was teaching in Alexandria and she was murdered by Christians actually um, at the burning of the library of Alexandria. But in those days, um, astronomy and astrology were one and the same. They weren't two different things. If you were an astronomer, you were an astrologer because it was it was all about interpreting how the astronomy applies to life on earth, incarnate in the human body. We are all, it's energy and we are all under the influence of the energies of the astral bodies, you know, we are vessels of energy, energy flows through us from where? From the sun, from the moon, from the um, the planets, you know, and we're all under that, that influence. So they studied astronomy back then to make sense of life on earth. And, and so then when along came religion, uh, sorry, back to what I, I was saying, um, a lot of the myths and stories and even the Bible are actually stories about the astronomy slash astrology that was happening. Like there's a, in the book of Ezekiel that he shares a vision. It's called the vision of Ezekiel. And it's in like the first chapter of Ezekiel. And he sees this crazy sort of psychedelic thing coming out of heaven with four faces, the face of a beast, the face of a man, the face of a lion, the face of a bull. Um, Did I say the beast? No, an eagle, man, lion, bull. And that, that is actually a, a, um, representation of the four fixed signs the the bull taurus the eagle is scorpio the man is aquarius and the lion is leo and at the time he wrote that vision the um the solstices and equinoxes were occurring in the four fixed signs and so it was a metaphor for astronomy astrology and, and all through history, you know, the stories of, of Hercules, you know, Hercules is a constellation in the heavens. Um, the, the Orion, you know, that's that's a, obviously a constellation as well. And everything mythologically, biblically, all ancient texts are actually interpreting the skies because the ancients knew the significance and the importance of astrology, astronomy on our human life. And so when I we're under this deception over the last 2000 years um, where religion says no way Jose astrology is evil and you get a bit passionate about this but the reason they do that is because the the um, Catholic hierarchy and and the Freemasonry hierarchy and all these you know high level places that most normal people cannot access they all use astrology there's more astrologers working for the Vatican than anywhere else on earth. And they are utilizing astrology for their own power empowerment. But the masses are not allowed to do astrology because that would empower them too much. And if they they realize their own personal empowerment, then 
the the masses will not need our authority, the church's authority and, and dogma and what have you. So as I began to research this history of astrology and understand its context for humanity, I was like, well, religion is is just not the way to go. We we um, we've actually lived, Karen, and I hope I'm not sort of all over the place here. I hope I'm making sense to people, but w- you will have heard that we're moving into the age of Aquarius. Now, that means that we are coming out of the age of Pisces, and this is something called Plato's Great Year. And every two and a half thousand years, we shift the the um the astrological sign that is rising at spring equinox against the um uh, the sun is rising at spring equinox against a backdrop of stars and for the last 2000 years the sun has been rising against the backdrop of the sign of pisces but we're shifting now into the age of aquarius which is going to last for 2500 years rise sun rising at spring equinox in the northern hemisphere against the backdrop of stars of aquarius So that's why we're moving into the age of Aquarius. So we've been under the influence of the Pisces age for the last two and a half thousand years. And one of the shadow sides in astrology of Pisces energy is deception. So no surprises to me that for the last 2000 years, which is the length of time we've had these religions on earth, um, such as Catholicism and what have you, and that's where most modern-day religions in the West came out of Catholicism, um, we we have been deceived. It's a deception. It's a lie to keep us from the truth, which is that the universe is ours, you know, and everything in it is ours for our empowerment if we can understand it. So this is a long way of going around. (laughs) (laughs) to your question um, about, you know, how did I realise that, you know, astrology was truth and religion was not. Um, It was through researching this this history and understanding our place in history and how we've lost the knowledge of astrology over the last 2,000 years because they didn't want us to have it, but now it's coming back into our awareness because the deception is ending as we leave the age of Pisces and move into the age of Aquarius, which is all about knowledge. And so we're coming back to this light of knowledge. Um, just on that, in in the Hindu uh, system of understanding, they have something called the yugas. You're probably familiar. Are you familiar with the yugas? Yeah. So <clears throat> we've been in the Kali Yuga, the lowest age of consciousness, and we're now rising back up to the, heading towards the golden age. It's going to take another 10,000 years to get to the peak of the golden age. But what's really interesting is that this is an ast- astronomical phenomenon as well. Because um, the sun and a, and the fixed uh, the star Sirius are in a binary system with one another. They circle each other, and it takes roughly between twenty four to twenty five thousand years for that circling motion to happen. When we're in the Kali Yuga, the sun and Sirius are at their furthest apart, and that is when we're at our lowest age of lowest level of consciousness as humanity on the planet. You know, we we we've got wars, we've got manipulation, control, deceptions, um, you know, evil everywhere. It sucks. Kali Yuga is awful. It's known as the Iron Age in some interpretations, like Plato's interpretation. But then we start heading back up to this uh, golden age, which we're coming out, we're, we're sort of 
2,000 years now beyond the lowest point of the the Kali Yuga, and we're heading back to the um, the Golden Age now. And that's when the star Sirius and our sun are actually at their closest point, and we are sort of high vibrational light beings. We can, you know, communicate telepathically. We we can heal ourselves without, you know, there's probably nothing to heal from because we're, you know, more perfected beings. And we're in this higher level of consciousness and understanding based on our proximity in the solar system to this other star that we are in a binary system with, um, the star Sirius. So it's all astronomical it's all astrological get my words out astrological um and i just love i love 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 how it all works makes sense god i love your passion about this subject (laughs) just love it no because i think uh you know because astrology has been so mainstream for so many years i remember i think i told you this story um, that mom said, you know, when we were kids that she met someone that had written the astrological stuff in the Women's Weekly, which is a big um, women's magazine that's been probably the biggest one in Australia. And he was this drunk and he just said, what's your star sign? I'll write a nice thing for you. Like you just make it up. But so I think astrology has been um, hacked really by the, I don't know, powers that be, the mainstream media. Mm. And people, because it's so funny, uh, because of that, I haven't actually put too many astrologers on the show, just one other apart from you, because I see people using astrology to argue for their limitations, Do you know, to feel disempowered. Oh, because I'm a liberal and I can never make decisions and because I'm a Virgo, I'm a perfectionist and I stress about everything and because I'm a Taurus, I'm very grounded, so I'm not very, you know, this, this. And, you know, they, they take a little bit of information and then they use it to disempower them and then to argue argue for why they can't have what they want and they can't do the things they want to do and that kind of upset me that's why I've really never put too many astrologers on this show this is ironic Karen because I had an epiphany this morning on that very topic and how I've fallen into that trap that victim trap because that's what it is I'm a victim poor me I've my astrology shit so I you know this is me you know and I had I've got goosebumps I had an epiphany on that very topic this morning because I have a really difficult relationship chart um and that's how I've always seen it you know I have um for those who know astrology I have my seventh house lord with saturn I've always gone, well, that's why I feel so lame in relationships. And that's why you know, I never get a relationship that feels satisfying because at the lowest vibration, and remember there are, I've just described the Kali Yuga and the Golden Age, there's a low vibration and a high vibration that we sort of swing between like a pendulum over a 24,000-year cycle. But in in astrology, I mean, it's a, it's a hermetic principle, the principle of polarity, there's a low vibration for everything in astrology, and there's a high vibration. Which one are you going to choose? Use your free will. And the this this state I'd been in of, oh, my relationships always suck because my, my seventh house lord is with Saturn, um, is the lower vibration. And that's what I had been buying into. And I was talking to a, a very highly reputed astrologer friend of mine, uh, Tanya Daniels, um, this morning, and she's like, well, actually, you're – your what you've got going on there is actually um an indication that you've really 
have very high standards for partners. You will not um, just be in a, a relationship just to settle for somebody. Um, it, it actually represents that you have integrity and want a mature partner. And, and she listed all these things that were the higher vibration of Saturn. And I'm like, of course, how have I not? Because as an astrologer, that's what I'm looking for. How can we choose the higher vibration all the time? Except in my own chart, I wasn't seeing it. So I'm so glad you mentioned that this morning because it is a trap that many people who practice astrology can fall into. And obviously I have done the same myself of blaming, blaming something out side of them oh satin makes me shit at relationships but no you know uh i choose whether i'm at that low vibration or i'm at the higher vibration of saturn's energy in my life so um you know everything is energy but we also have free will absolutely absolutely and i see this all the time too with the retrograde story it's like mm -hmm. an excuse for everything going wrong in your life, like the computer crashing and the Zoom call not working and, you know, smashing your car and things breaking and things falling and things, you know, it's like if there's chaos in your life, oh, we're in retrograde. So I hear this story over and over and over again. And you said something to me on, you know, Brandon's show that was just amazing about retrograde. Do you want to repeat that? Oh, you'll have to tell me what I said. That's <laughs> like, I remember, I do know that if you look at the mythologies, Mercury is the messenger of the gods. And so there's always a message that the universe has for you during Mercury retrograde. And instead of down or I shouldn't buy an iPhone or whatever, it's what's the message that the universe is giving me during this time and how can I work with that, you know? So it all depends on your perspective, really. But what was it that I said? I can't I can't recall. Oh, gosh, you said something, uh, um, you said something like, retrograde is actually when you hit the highest vibration yes. of the planet that's currently retrograde it doesn't mean that it's the negative it's just more um uh you know turned up it's more well, accelerated right. it's more amplified is the word i'm looking for mm. it's more amplified so it's an amplification of the energy that is in retrograde which was a completely different sort of mindset than um, it's like everything's going backwards, therefore everything's not going to work. It's just yeah. an amplification of that energy. That's what you said. Well, whenever a planet is in retrograde motion, it's actually at its closest proximity to the Earth. So we are getting like overload of that energy, full force of that planet's energy. So it's got nothing to do with whether the planet's going backwards or not in the sky. It's about the proximity to the Earth. And because of that, we actually then kind of like we're not used to this overload this high level of the energy and so it, it's a it's an integration process really whenever a planet is retrograde it's learning to integrate the high level of that planet's energy into who we are and that's why I say there's probably a message coming from the from the messenger of the gods to us all when Mercury is retrograding Mercury has a, a very interesting cycle and it's so fascinating that we're talking about this right now because on the 8th of November coming up, there's going to be an eclipse, uh, a, a lunar eclipse, a full moon eclipse, um, very, very powerful. And there's going to be some interesting occurrences that will unfold because of that um, on the earth and in people's personal lives. But at the same time, on the same day, Mercury is going to conjunct the sun. That means be in an exact alignment with the sun. 
it's it's an ending of what began during that retrograde process that we're referring to. So back on the 23rd of September, Mercury was in an, a conjunction with the sun that's a bit different to the one that's going to be occurring on the 8th of November. And that was the beginning of what's known as the Mercury Promethean cycle. At that time, I mean, if people think back, what was going on in my life around the 23rd of September? What were the themes? What was I thinking about? What was occurring in my life? Because that's all about to reach its culmination on the 8th of November now, because the cycle is concluding. And uh, so, you know, I look back in September and who was I talking to and what were the, what was on my mind and my heart? And I can see it already starting to reach its kind of culmination as we head into this um, this conjunction that's coming up. But uh, sorry, I've, I've totally gone on a divergent topic there, but Mercury is so fascinating. What was the message um, that he had for you in late September? And that was when he was retrograding and at his closest point to the earth. Now he's going to be at his furthest point from the earth when uh, we hit the 8th of November and he has this other conjunction. So everything is cyclical and everything is energy. And if we can understand that, then we actually have the ability, Karen, to work with those energies. Like, uh, you know, the purpose of the ancient Babylonian astrologers was to tell the king, hey, this is what's happening. Let's put these mitigating things in place so we can, you know, uh, avoid the potential pitfalls or make the most of the blessing that is coming our way. And that's really what astrology is all about, you know. It's it's not sort of telling you information, you know, that that's what, oh, yes, your boyfriend's going to come back or, you know, yes, you'll get that job because that's what your itching ears want to hear. It's like, well, this is what's going on energetically. Let's find ways to work with this energy so you get the best out of this circumstance um, because everything is energy. I keep saying that, but that's the premise of astrology. It's the premise of life, really, isn't, isn't it? it? <laughs> everything, everything is energy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I was I was having a bit of a chat. I think about you with my family. I went out to lunch, lunch with them recently, and my twenty one year old nephew was there, and I was telling him about stuff. and And they're very they're skeptical about everything I do. They love me, but they don't believe. Um, not because of religion, because they're more agnostic. You know, than that. Or I don't call them atheists, but they just don't believe. They think you know it's all woo woo and stuff. But I was saying that you know astrology is an influence it doesn't determine how you create your reality it doesn't determine how you think I said it's kind of like the weather so the weather is an influence if it's raining are you sad or um, you know if you've got some plans to be outside and the and the weather destroys it do you stress out because it's influencing you but it's not determining how you feel so do you pivot and say right well we're not going to go to the park today we're going to go to somebody's house and it's going to be just as good you know like so we're influenced by these energies but they don't determine how we think and feel they don't determine how we create our reality really yeah 100 percent. because we have free will and and i think this is something that a lot of a lot of astrologers or you know charlatan astrologers perhaps uh, you know forget is that people have free will they can determine whether they follow down this oh you know i'm going to everything's going to be bad so i'm going to hide under my dune for the next 3 weeks until the astrology's finished like no <laughs> right yeah let's go out and live but let's be conscious about that's what it is it's consciousness we're conscious okay this is the energy I might feel like this but this is what I can do about it you know and it's living consciously it's how am I responding to the influence how am I responding I can choose how to respond I can be upset I can be stressed I can be happy yeah how Mm -hmm. am I responding to the influence 
yeah, it's it's not determining because we're still, and I think that that's why, because I, I think I told you I studied astrology when I was young and, and realized that it was so vast. The knowledge yes. of astrology is so vast that I didn't have enough time in this lifetime. I was in my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to study it like I would really want to know it so I had to stop studying it because there were like a million other things I wanted to think about and study and look at and I thought no I can't keep going with this astrology thing because it's so vast it's yeah. not just your little two sentences no. in a magazine or a paper or, and that's or something mm-hmm. in Australia that um has sort of put the blinders up for people you know they think that what's in the magazine that's astrology but it's science and it's incredibly complex and it's about energetic relationships in the universe and where do you even stop like like how many astral bodies are there out there you know millions (laughs) so you if you really wanted to go full on you could I try and limit my astrology to the solar system because I figure that's enough (laughs) to work with. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you're right. It's incredibly complex and mathematical science and, and psychological science as well. Um, Carl Jung was into astrology big time actually. And, um, you know, I think. Heaps of people been into astrology and what Nostradamus, he was using astrology to make his predictions, but I I'm having a different thought about it. You know, I, I kind of pose this thought in my mind, how does a planet influence us? But when you were talking about Sirius and the golden, you know, the enlightened age, um, as I've sort of gone down the, um, you know, ET planetary path and looked at different civilizations and extraterrestrials and and spoken with just dozens, probably hundreds of people now over the years about their experiences with ETs and different mm-hmm. um, different planets. And I'm thinking a lot of people who claim to be Syrian are highly evolved. You know, so there is a consciousness, like a social memory complex, as stated in the law of one, that is attached to a planetary body. And that consciousness, like the collective consciousness, as it comes closer to the earth, is influencing the collective consciousness of the earth because the earth obviously holds a collective consciousness i don't know how enlightened that would be <laughs> i would imagine people, at the moment. people on other planetary bodies are thinking oh no earth's coming close <laughs> that's true we must have an effect on them yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe they're in their kali yuga when we're when we're in our golden age <laughs> Oh, that's they true. don't worry about they're so enlightened they don't worry about stuff that's like that it. but but you know <laughs> the earth has a collective consciousness that is radiating out through the universe and like other planetary bodies with their collective consciousness their social memory complex is radiating out and yeah, yeah the closer it comes the more influence it has on other planetary bodies that's something that's just dawned on me talking to you today because I sort of I've never thought about it like that before. Well, that's the astronomy of it, isn't it? Like when a planet is retrograde, it's closer to the Earth. And so what does that mean? Look, there's a fabulous book for your Australian audience um, written by a guy from Melbourne University on what's called cultural astronomy, which is basically he is an American fellow who's come out and spent the last, I don't know, 10, 20 years in Australia researching Aboriginal cultural astronomy and how it actually corresponds to what how the aboriginals worked with the seasons and their knowledge about life and this is becoming a really big thing actually cultural astronomy is very very interesting for example uh the the aboriginals say that when uh the the moon is seen you know the 
the crescent moon is in a bowl shape. So sometimes you can get that crescent that's on the side. Um, but when you see a crescent moon in a bowl, like, like a bowl in the sky, it means it's going to rain because of certain, uh, you know, it's representing a bowl. When you tip the bowl out, out comes the water out of the bowl. And it's it's actually this guy's done the research. She said, yeah, this is true. Whenever you see that in the sky, it actually is a, a weather phenomenon. Um, and so there's this, it, to me, sorry, I don't know why I've gone off on this topic, but um, it is fascinating that these ancient wisdom groups in many, many cultures knew about the value of the sky and its relevance to um, weather systems, seasons, life on earth, and our own personal lives. How could we not be affected by, for example, the fact that it rains because the moon is chipping its, you know, water out of the bowl kind of thing? Um you know, we are, we are all subject to the influences of where we are in the solar system. And that's why astrology is geocentric. It's based on the idea that our perception of life is based on our position on Earth. Whereas if I was born in a pod on Mars, maybe in I don't know, 100 years' time when apparently we've got colonies on Mars, my perception of life and, and who I am is going to be very, very different because energetically I'm carrying the imprint of being born with that outlook on the solar system and the universe. Um, and I've gone off on this tangent. Sorry, my mind, my mind's very eccentric sometimes. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, think about the collective consciousness. It's opening up now, but we have damned any sort of contact with other life in the universe saying that you've got to be crazy if you believe in it. Like, think about that collective consciousness, that, that limitation. It's like the universe is teeming with life, like teeming yes. with life. And humans have cut themselves off from that by um, exaggerating a thought form that says that you've got to be mad if you believe in aliens. Like, yes. that's, it's you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, how could you? That never made sense to me at any stage of my life. Never, ever. Like you look up, like just look up into the sky. Yeah. I mean, how could you think that there's no one up there and that it's, we're the only people in the universe? It's just, that's, to me, that's insanity. Yeah. They it call is. people that believe in aliens insane or ETs insane. But if you don't believe in them, I think you're pretty insane. It yeah. makes for a very lonely universe, doesn't it? To think that we're it, we're the mm -hmm. only conscious life form out there and everything else is not. I mean, how vast is the universe? And it's all just for because just for us here on Earth. No, it's very lonely when we see it that way. Um, I know, like in Australian society, I mean, you, you know, you talked about the skepticism of your family. It, it's, I mean, we're a very secular society generally, and so yeah. my upbringing was quite an anomaly in Australia. Mm -hmm. Really, mm -hmm. um, you know, anyone would think I'd been brought up in the deep south of America <laughs> with my <laughs> my upbringing, um, but it's. It's it's interesting to me that even though we're a secular society, well, perhaps because we're a secular society in Australia, we we cl close ourselves off to a lot of spiritual possibility down here, um, and I think that's really really sad. Uh, whereas, say India, um, you know, right. South America, yeah. and and even even the US with its mainstream Christianity, um, there's still a consciousness about spirit that's in those societies um and and that's that's a lovely thing to have i'm not you know i'm not a big believer in religion but i be, i do believe in faith and spirit obviously and it's just sad to me that australia is so closed off to so many of those spiritual 
or um, esoteric, let's say, ideas. Yeah, exactly. I have a friend, you know, a member of the group, uh, our group, uh, the Inner Sanctum, like Brad, the artist I was telling you about, remember, and um, she came from the Mormon, you know, the Mormon, right. and she came out of that. But, you know, she always says don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because there's a lot of concepts that she learned within this sort of strict Mormon religion that really dovetailed that what we talk about in spirituality, that she could communicate with the Holy Spirit and that there was a spirit beyond the body that you could communicate with. So like me saying I talk to my spirit guides, you know. So there were a lot of concepts within the religion um, that she could take with her into her spiritual practice and her spiritual journey um, and expanding reality. <laughs> yes. <laughs> expanding reality. Uh, and, um, yeah, so, but she said that a lot of people when they leave the church are so angry at the church that they just cut themselves off from any sort of spiritual practice. And so they just, I have a friend who was brought up Catholic who did that, who became yeah. an atheist. So mm -hmm. she thinks that everything I believe in is crazy. Um because she just equates it to Catholicism. Yeah. Um, because I talk about spirit and afterlife and, you know, things like that. And But she's gone really into the atheism. The opposite. The yeah, opposite. It, it's interesting. Yeah, mm. and it does happen. But I, I, I spoke a while ago about Gnosticism and what I think the religious forefathers, if you want to call them that, um, did was they took these Gnostic principles, which was the truth. If anyone knows about Gnosticism, it's uh, it's a beautiful belief system. Um, look, I might go into it here, but but they took these truths of Gnostic faith and esoteric belief, and and which is what Gnosticism is, and they manipulated them to their political agenda. And so I understand why people say I don't want any part of that because they've been deceived by it, because they've been hurt by it and traumatised by it a lot of the time. Um, and yet its foundations and what it was birthed out of is truly beautiful. And I think I would love people to come back to the, that knowledge. And he's hoping that they will in uh, in the future. I don't know how long it will take for humanity to get back to that understanding. Um, but, yeah, I hope I hope they do <laughs> because it is truly beautiful. I mean, to live a spiritual life, um, oh, I wouldn't be without it, you know. I, I I couldn't live without it. In fact, knowing astrology has enhanced my faith and my spirituality more than anything, more than being in religion ever did, you know, uh, because I see how we're all connected. I see how there is energy and, and a lot of the force behind this energy in the world in, in the universe, I feel is love. And so, you know, uh, it, it's really, you know, when I look at the grand design of how everything works synchronistically in astrology, I'm like, there is, there is a greater being behind all this, whether that's the energy of love or whatever it might be. This is, this is beautiful, you know? I do know, darling, I do. There is an infinite intelligence orchestrating all life in all dimensions. And when you start to, um, yeah, zoom in on the details, you see the orchestration. I found I found God or spirituality through studying anatomy and physiology because I was wow. pretty agnostic. But when I was studying the workings of the human body, it was so complex, and this is a long time ago, um, I was studying it at the same level as a doctor because I was starting to be a naturopath. and um, But I, I, there was still so much unanswered questions in what science knew about how our body works, and I don't think they've come any further. I still, I still don't <laughs> think they really understand because they don't include the energetic body. So anyway, but I just thought 
who invented this? Like what intelligence came up with this design? Like mm. when you start to look into life that deeply, whether through anatomy and physiology or astrology, or you just see this orchestration of divinity and infinite yeah. orchestrating potential, how everything just aligns and it's all perfect and it's all intricate and it's all, it's so amazing. It's just so amazing. It's yeah. mind blowing, isn't mind it? Mind blowing. Yeah. And it's humbling, it's humbling to realize I'm a part of this incredible universe you know whether that's the body and or the beyond <laughs> and an extension of that intelligence yes I'm a oh, part of the that. yeah but we are an extension of that creative potential that creative intelligence that designed these systems yeah yeah okay where are we <laughs> I'd love you to talk astrologically about what we're, I think you kind of already have, but we'll get more into it, about what we're going through in the shift, like what we're going through. Okay, so collectively we've been through the, you know, in Australia we went through the fires and the floods and we've collectively we've been through the pandemic. Like what's astrology saying about what's coming up? Because there are a oh. lot of people on YouTube talking about what's coming up 2023. When I talk to the guides, they said that something's coming up before Christmas. It'll poke its head out like some other sort of thing that we have to navigate in this world as we had to navigate the pandemic, um, some other control system. But yeah. it'll unfold, it'll amplify in 2023, but it'll be known before Christmas. I don't know. What's this? What's... Is it something to do with social media perhaps um, and social media I have control? no details what that is. I haven't really discussed because I don't kind of want to know the details. Like, Yeah, scary. I'm, not, I'm really not somebody that needs to know the future. The guides give me this overview. Uh, yeah, but they don't really give me the I could ask and I could get details. There's a lot yeah. of people out there talking about details. Yeah. Um, but what astrologically is? Is, is... There's a few things playing out at the moment. One thing is Mars is retrograding through Gemini and Gemini is the sign of social media and communications. And so Mars in retrograde, I mean, Mars is in ancient mythology is the god of war. So there could be some animosity um, around use of social media and so forth at the moment and, and that might come through people trying to put restrictive controls Um on social media uh, and people might sort of arc up about that and fight back about that. I mean, look, the day Mars went retrograde was the day Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter was um, solidified, you know, um, just recently. So that's an example of, you know, uh, some big sort of heavy-hitting changes in the social media environment. So that's one thing that I, I'm kind of, when I hear that your guide's saying before Christmas there might be some stuff coming up, that could be it because the main transit that's unfolding between now and January the 12th is this Mars retrograde process. But this eclipse that's coming up on the 8th of November is a doozy. It, and when, when I say doozy, I'm not here to scaremonger people, but remember we have consciousness. If we know something's going to unfold for better or worse, we can work with it at a level of awareness. Um, this eclipse is going to be difficult, and I think difficult in terms of like watch the American election. It's unfolding on the, the 8th of November. I think to put it bluntly, I think it's going to be a shit show um, because this um, eclipse is so difficult what's unfolding in this eclipse for people who are, have a bit of a knowledge of astrology is saturn is squaring all the planets involved in the eclipse which is mercury venus sun moon and uranus and the nodes of the moon so 
Saturn is squaring the whole damn thing. And Saturn is restriction and blockage. But wherever you've got a Saturn-Uranus kind of interaction like this, there is this feeling of, oh, my God, I feel so blocked. I want to burst out like a volcano because I'm so frustrated. So that's going to be the energy essentially of this eclipse, this feeling of frustration and this desire to burst out. So that could could be quite wild, you know? I want to pipe in here. I want to pipe in here. I want to discuss some of the things you're talking about. I have been watching Twitter and I've been watching it. I've been following Elon Musk on Twitter and I've been watching people's tweets and I've been seeing that now that he's taken over and he's fired all these people, that people are feeling safe to say things on Twitter they couldn't say before because of censorship and being Mm -hmm. deplatformed. And so that social media is that people are out there talking about stuff that would get you barred off Twitter before. And they're like, freedom. And and I think even (laughs) Elon Musk said the bird has been let out of the cage, um, (laughs) which I thought was kind of cute. And there's been a backlash on that. What did I say? Amazon or some other Google platform is like tightening up their censorship. They're seeing that being released on Twitter and they're tightening up, I think with YouTube, yeah. Google Mm -hmm. and YouTube, they're tightening up their censorship and and locking Mm -hmm. down. So it's so it's- And PayPal. And PayPal. But Mm. back to what were you saying about um, the eclipse and the elections? The eclipse and the elections. So I was in a uh, meeting last night and we were talking about, um, you know, after the fires, you see the the green shoots coming up and then there's a flood and sort of just when there's new growth, it gets all swept away. We were speaking about this energy where, and this is what I feel like is happening at the moment, like the world has opened up after lockdown and people are traveling and they're making plans and they're like free. And I feel like this is the energy I've been feeling. Like just when you start making all your plans, something's going to happen that's going to completely disrupt those plans, like another lockdown or something. And so people starting, like I'm seeing conferences being planned all over the place, especially in America. Um, Right now that we can all gather again, I'm going to do a conference for the first time. Lots of people reaching out to have physical gatherings. And I feel like those green shoots are going to sort of be swept away with some disruption. I think that that's what you're talking about in the astrology. But it doesn't mean it won't happen. It just means you've got to navigate that disruption and then start again. Like, okay, change the dates, change the venue, whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. I I think you're right. Um, What I've just described is the influences on the end of the year, but next year is going to be fascinating and fascinating because of Pluto. Mm -hmm. We are shifting out of all these big outer planets like Neptune, Uh, not so much yeah no Uranus Neptune Uranus and Pluto which are the three outer planets they're going to move out of water sign uh, water and earth signs which are the feminine signs and into all of them going into fire and air which are masculine and if you're familiar with the esoteric teaching of fire and air being of the high spiritual um, kind of quality and earth and water being the earth energies, um, there's going to be a massive shift collectively because of that. But the biggie for me is Pluto moving into Aquarius next year. Now, Pluto has been in the sign of Capricorn since 2008 and we had the, the there was a big economic crash into Capricorn is the energy of hierarchies and government and authority systems. 
So when we when Pluto gets to the end of a sign, it's like he's in this mode of, right, well, I have to wrap up the work that I've been doing here since 2008. I have to conclude this, this agenda that I've got in Capricorn, which is to, I mean, Pluto's agenda is always to bring up the muck and reveal it so that it can be transformed. And so what have we seen since 2008? We've seen right. the Harvey Weinstein stuff come up. Mm-hmm. There's there's a you know a, a leader in Hollywood with all his filth and dirt come up and be exposed. And in fact, the whole Hollywood behavior that is this casting couch kind of bullshit has right. come up and been exposed. We've with- seen ped- the priest pedophilia. We've seen um pedof- well, we know that there's you know the Epstein list pedophilia in high places including prince andrew and his cronies and what we are seeing these hierarchies being exposed now because pluto has been bringing up the muck of the hierarchies for us all to see so it can be transformed now next year pluto moves into aquarius where capricorn is the hierarchies and the hierarchical systems the triangular top-down approach aquarius is is the uh the masses and everything is the equality and so what is going to happen last time pluto was in oh my god it's it's actually kind of scary but it's empowering in a way too empowering the last time pluto was in aquarius was the french revolution and and all the all the um the aristocrats were getting their heads chopped off because the masses the people said fuck this i'm sorry (laughs) can i swear on your channel but you know, they're in there sort of partying on at the Versailles and we can't even afford a loaf of bread, you know, and they were like, screw this for a joke. This is, we're out of, you know, those guys are out of there, off with their heads. Viva la revolution! Viva la France, yeah. Um, and, and that's what we're heading into, a repeat of that cycle. That, I think that's kind of exciting and that totally yes. dovetails but what the guides have been telling me for ages you know, they've been saying that, you know, there's been these packets of light hitting planet Earth and as the light turns up on planet Earth, it reveals the dirt. You know, the, the analogy that they've given me is that when you have a dirty house and you turn up the light, you get to see all the dirt and Earth is a very dirty house. And as the light turns up, it reveals and uncovers all the dirt. But so much is being revealed. It's not just the dirt being revealed. It's been all the covert stuff, like the cover-ups of the UFO, like the the, the governments have known about UFOs and got alien technologies for like 70, 100 years and they've suppressed all these technologies. And so it's the uncovering of, and the uncovering of even our own, empowerment like we're more powerful than you've been led to believe like that is being revealed totally like the 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 power of your thoughts and the power of your emotions and and the uncovering of the conscious like you said that well i'm forgetting the pluto in hang on pluto's in being capricorn? In, he's been in capricorn where we're going it's going Aquarius. to it's it's more about the masses rather than yeah. the hierarchy so yeah. to me that feels like more uncovering of of the beliefs that run our lives, like the I'm not good enough and, you know, the mm-hmm. collective beliefs and the cultural beliefs and the religious beliefs that that they're, they're part of the so-called dirt too, the limiting yeah. negative beliefs that we believe about ourselves. So when they're uncovered and now we have the ability to transform them, like do I, do I really want to believe this about myself? Yeah, so it sounds like a lot of personal growth work, more personal growth work next year. 
Of course it is. And it's always personal growth. Right? Course, <laughs> that never ends. Yeah, 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 yeah. That never ends. But um, I mean, the, the scrambling that we have seen by the authorities to try and control through censorship and through lockdowns and what have you, is their knee-jerk reaction to all their crap being revealed to us. Right. And, in, and in doing so, we've seen more of their crap. So, you know, it, has, to, it has had to happen unfortunately, for us to wake up to what's really going on so it can be transformed. And Pluto's going to be in Aquarius for the next 20 years, mid-2040s. And so, you know, we've got a process to go through. It's not going to be a quick and easy fix. It's it's Mm -hmm. a long-term process, as is the same with our own transformation. I mean, sometimes we get epiphanies like I had this morning. Uh Um, But Yeah, um, exactly. But sometimes, you know, the process is a long unfolding. So, you know, um, that's what 2023 holds is the first movement into uh, the empowerment, I feel, of the masses um, to deal with this crap that's all come up and and been revealed. I have to say 20 odd years ago when I was putting on spiritual groups uh we were talking about ascension and shifting and i didn't see anything changing in the world and i remember sitting <laughs> in bed one night yakking to the guides and like like what is it going to take what's it going to take as i looked out and to the way people lived on planet earth i thought oh my god what is it going to take to wake people up and they showed me what you're talking about what we've actually seen in the last couple of years they showed me mass protests and and disruption in the street and they showed they gave me these images of people fighting in streets and the revolution like the revolution that you're talking about and I was frightened as I was witnessing this and I said that's what it's going to take like that's what it's going to take but I've witnessed what they showed me 20 years ago unfolding it hasn't been really promoted through mainstream media but no, it never will ha- be it's still, <laughs> the propaganda happening, it's still happening across the world like France is and and it's some of the European countries and some of the um the the eastern bloc countries there and in China there are these mass rev- protests you know protesting one thing or another whether it's the the medical mainstream narrative or the banks you know locking them out from getting their savings there is a revolution so you're kind of, you're saying there's more of that next year there's there's that yeah. revolution energy but I, I think you know I don't want to be a harbor of negativity because as I described when I was talking about Plato's great year the thing is we're heading back up to the golden age and things are going to improve and get better but you've got to get rid of the shit first before right. You know, you've got a compost. That's what another thing Pluto does. Pluto compost. rules compost. So you compost all the crap and then you put it on your flower bed and the flowers bloom better than ever. And that's <laughs> that's actually the process that's happening here. And we need to remember the, the big picture here is that things are going to get better. Things We're on the improve. And that's why there is an awakening of consciousness because astrology is becoming more popular like the true astrology mm-hmm. not the bullshit in the women's weekly and the herald sun you know it's it's the real astrology people are hungry for it now they're mm-hmm. hungry for the truth and they're turning away from the deception of religion and so there there is a, you know this awakening back to this the esoteric truths that are the real deal. I, I would say to your audience, please don't fear what is unfolding, even though it's tough and we're in this battle to, for the the light to arise. Um, the ultimate end of this is going to be so much better for our world, for humanity, for our future incarnations. We're on 
the up, so to speak. We're on the up. And look, all the disruption is an empowerment. I mean, we didn't come to earth to, as Esther would say, you know, live in a feathered nest, have everything given to us. We came to earth for the challenges that earth affords us, for the contrast, for the dramas. And we came to earth to see how we're going to respond to these influences, these dramas, to the uproars and the revolutions and the systems breaking down. So we've been bipping along using these old systems, money system, transport systems, all these systems, education systems, and they're all they've all got to they've all got to go. Yep. And so as systems break down, there's mass disrupts disruption. Mm. How do we respond to that? Do we respond to that with ah, <laughs> or do we respond to that with intelligent, creative energy? And how can I, you know, create something that's going to give me what I need? Yeah. So it's it's why we it's why we're here on earth. To mm. we've got to get we've got to be you know love the contrast, love the disruption. Because we're here during this disruptive time, this this time of awakening. We've elected to be here just for this. Yes, yeah. that's so, right. That's yeah. right. And as we, I mean, even the transition from the age of Pisces to the age of Aquarius, right. like exactly. that's that's part of it. We are the momentum that's that is causing that to happen. So right. you know, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, darling one, it has been fascinating. <laughs> is there anything else you want to say to us before you go? Oh, I know that- you've got a meeting in about. Half an hour. Half an hour. Yeah. Look, I could talk to you all day about this stuff. And as you can tell, I get very passionate and excited about it. So it has been such an honor to be able to just (laughs) talk your ear off for an hour and a half here, Karen. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to share and uh, and to get all passionate with you about this stuff. Thank you. Well, it's been fascinating listening to you. And um, and yeah, like you've cleared up sort of a distortion you had around feeling limited in relationships. I've cleared up a distortion I've had about how astrology limits people. As a teacher of deliberate creation, I thought, you know, like not throw out astrology because I talk astrology all the time. I I mean, I live in a conscious community. We're always talking about it all the time. (laughs) And I realized that after I had a conversation with you, but to talk about it in a way that allows us to be genius, deliberate creators of our reality without being limited by what a newspaper says or a magazine says or a retrograde planet, you know, and and for me that was an honour. That was a real blessing to have this conversation with you. Oh, I'm so glad. But, you know, it's all about living consciously, isn't it, with everything and sometimes we slip down into the unconscious life, you know, as I had with my explanation of relationship chart this morning and then something happens, the universe blesses us with an epiphany and a piece of knowledge and it lifts us back up to a higher level of consciousness again. So I'm I'm very honoured that I was able to do that with you this morning. It's been a good journey. It's been beautiful. We'll do it again next year mm-hmm. sometime. I've got a busy year booked out next year, but we'll make some space to do this yeah. again next year. I'll get you into the inner sanctum. The little group can quiz you. And for people <laughs> who want to hear you do a weekly up energy update on your YouTube mm-hmm. channel, which is Ksenia, Ksenia yep. Moore, K with a K, E-S-E-N-Y-A Moore, M-O-O-R-E, Ksenia Moore. So you'll find Ksenia on YouTube there. And um, and the website is guidingstarastrology.com. I have to check out your website with all those practitioners. Yeah. That sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been a, a great journey putting that all together for people yeah um and yes every saturday i do uh, a look at the week ahead astrologically what the energies are going to be and hopefully that empowers people to be able to work with them to their best advantage each week so it's always fun doing that fabulous thank you so much for coming on the show beautiful one thank you karen you have a beautiful day
What a vibrant, beautiful soul, passionate, vibrant soul Ksenia is. Isn't she gorgeous? Loved her. Uh, Brandon was raving about her too uh, from Expanding Reality. <laughs> Check out Brandon. He's just so gorgeous. He's just full of compliments and positivity and and curious and curious about all sorts of things. And his guests are very different to the guests I have on my show. Yeah. Um, we haven't, I've sent him a few guests to talk to and he sent me Ksenia, he sent me a couple, but we haven't really got the same guests, which is good, which is kind of interesting. I love cross-promoting, promoting other people's shows. It's really cool. Um, but yes, Ksenia is just delightful, delightful. Yeah, I love the way she thinks about astrology. It's beautiful. Um, we didn't get to talk about all of it. I'll get her back in uh, into the inner sanctum and she can talk more about things. But how she was talking about the astrological charts for the next year has been really dovetailing with what the guides have been telling me and what I've witnessed actually, what I've been watching as I look out into the internet world and watch things like Elon Musk taking on Twitter and uh, hear the news. It's so interesting how it all dovetails, the infinite orchestrating power of the universe or divinity or whatever you want to call it of life is so beautiful so beautiful anyway what did you think about that let me know <laughs> give us your comments did you get any aha moments about next year remember we don't have to suffer from the disruption that we go through uh in fact the times that you know since 20 beginning of 2020 what we've been through globally has been one of the most creative times on earth and i have seen so much newness happen from the destruction of what's been going on it's been amazing so many new conferences and platforms out there because of censorship on other platforms people are like well i go you i'm going to start my own platform or i'm going to promote this platform or there's been so much expansion actually from the disruption that we've been through over the last couple of years it's been really quite amazing and as, as my guides showed me 20 years ago what was it going to take to change the world it was going to take mass disruption disruption and breakdowns of old systems as we invent and create new systems that are more in alignment with unity consciousness and not fear-based consciousness working together collaborating and not competing because the competition energy has been so huge on our planet and it's got to go <laughs> time you know groundhog day with the competition energy time for a new story on planet earth so do you like my background do you like those planets sort of merging with each other Ksenia and I were like choosing a background for today's show anyway I'm gonna go thank you thank you thank you remember if you want to chat with me on the inner sanctum and chat with the guides and meet other fabulous people in the inner sanctum we had a great talk on Sunday Debs didn't show up but we had a wonderful time me channeling the mob and uh, join on the inner sanctum just go to currentswain.com slash inner dash sanctum pop your email in there it is free to join uh, it used to be by subscription but i do ask for people to donate if you're enjoying the shows i always appreciate your donations that reciprocity that sort of like i'll offer you stuff and if you enjoy it you can there's an energy exchange i'm going to put energy out into the world and hopefully it comes back i have to say this is what i found the more energy I put out into the world energy philanthropy <laughs> we call it the more energy I put into the world the more energy comes back yeah law of attraction so sign up to the inner sanctum if you want to join our little groups and uh, remember to check out the book awakened by death if you haven't already big love to all of you bye for now <laughs>